Do you think you could tell like a coder fridge from a not coder fridge? The one that's full only of Soylent is the coder fridge. Are you struggling to deploy cloud native applications to a hybrid cloud? Do you want to become familiar with Kubernetes and Istio? IBM Cloud has a set of free, hands-on training, ebooks, and an always-on free tier of services to help you learn. Visit ibm.biz slash stackoverflow to learn more. That's ibm.biz slash stackoverflow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow with my wonderful co-hosts, Paul and Sarah. Hello, Ben. Hello, Sarah. So we have a cool news story here. The headline is, NHS data, can web creator Sir Tim Berners-Lee fix it? NHS data is the National Health Services in Britain. And so what they're saying is we want to share health data with people, but we want to make sure that it's private to them, it's secure. And then if they want to, they have control and they can like let somebody else in, a caregiver, a next of kin, a doctor, whatever that may be. So can you two walk me through a little bit of this? Like, why is this complicated on the web? Would we be better off just doing this with an app? And like, I mean, I like that it's for the web because that makes it the most accessible, right? But what are the complications here in terms of security, privacy, and, and sort of empowering the average person to do data sharing in a good way? So this is something that people have been trying to do for the past 10 years, not specifically around health mm. data. But the idea of decentralized data storage by empowering people to store their own data is not a new right. one. I think the problems that have come up in the past are user experience problems. Because if you know how to store your own data locally, that's one thing. But if you're the average person that hasn't spent a lot of time doing right. that, then it get, gets really difficult. And also, you you know that your data is important, but you don't know why sometimes. You know, that could be the case. Back up to just like the infrastructure we're talking about here. So the idea has long been, when you publish something on the web, you are publishing it on the web. You are kind of identified with it. You might own that server and so on and so forth. And it's you would assume that everyone could read it unless you put it behind a password or something like that, right? And so what things like Solid do is they say, what if we could make stuff public, but only to certain communities using different, you know, encryption style technologies? And mm -hmm. you would have control. You could kind of pull back at any time over who could get access to this stuff. And SOLID actually stands for social linked data, right? So the idea is that you would have all your, your data, you could host it, it could be out there in the world. But at any point, you could say, only the people who have these magic keys can look at it. And when I don't want them to anymore, I will take away the magic keys, I can take away the magic lock, I give away magic keys, but I can change my, my lock can change at any time. And so what Solid is, is a stack of things, like web things, like just like HTML and GIFs and PNGs or web things. It's a stack of things that allow you to do that and sort of implement this standard. So it's very, very high level and very abstract. And so it's not, I mean, look, Tim Berners-Lee is involved with it. So that's someone who is very used to thinking about web standards. The great thing, I, mean, I don't know if you ever saw there, there was one point where he was on TV and he just identified himself as web developer. <laughs> uh, it's just, sir that. web developer yeah, the web developer uh, so i you know i think what, we, what we've got here is something in the space of blockchain tries to do this i feel that oh what's that company that has like does chat on the blockchain that everybody has an account on and you have to 
key base, right? Like it feels like this is in in the key base zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot it's of sense. It's more about web standard. It's more like a standardized, decentralized way of building solid servers so that people could own and control their own data and then they could share it with organizations like the National Health Service in, in the UK, which so Sometimes I'm a hyper early adopter. So I got into solid early days. I was like, oh, let's see how this works. And I got in a little too early no, be- before anything <laughs> yeah. worked. And so you were like, is there anybody here to share my yeah, data? Yeah, you know, I, uh, anybody? <laughs> Hello? Who wants my health data? <laughs> this, I know, I just know. gave everybody my health data. I was like, here, take it, take it. And they're like, wow, your blood pressure, huh? And so, <laughs> but the, the core concept is is wise. And I think that it's an interesting update of, what the web is and and what it's about. I think like a practical, if you think about a practical scenario, right? Like it may be a, like I have a blood pressure health website and, you know, I want to understand better what your blood pressure has been over time. And so you have your local health data and you can decide you want to give me access. And like that practical scenario is a great one. I think one risk here too is I'm like number one, upload my health data, give me some special recommendations, right? So there's like these websites running around that'll take your data from like 23andMe and tell you what vitamins right. to take. And like, I'm number one, like just give it, <laughs> like give people this yeah. data. and Because we did it too. And it's just, you know, turns out I'm extremely Irish, but like it is, it, right. it's very disappointing when you get that data back and it's like, now you're just kind of the completely what you expected. No surprises. I do think that I have experienced this thing recently because I moved where I realized how difficult and and sort of, you know, head explodingly frustrating it is to get your medical records. So like I wanted to transfer some medical records from my kids to a new doctor in a new place so they could go to school. It is next it's to It's not impossible. supposed to, like you it's one of those just, things where you call and it's just not supposed to happen. Like the doctor is like, it's not supposed oh, to happen. oh, transfer right. your medical records. Huh? Nobody's ever thought about that before. They can't print them out to you. They can't fax them. No, I mean, and it's, it's all it's, in it's Epic. So, like, it's all in one giant. Yeah. It really depends on the provider, I think, because I've had some, like, email them. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, I've had yeah. other ones, like, say, like, it's right, completely right. impossible. So then I think this would be awesome where it's like, I have my own little storage container for my health data. And then I could be like, you're my new doctor. Here's the key. Like, to me, that I already see immediate value in that, right? Well, and so the big, I mean, the big idea with Solid, right, is you'll own it, it will be secure, and then it will use these standards to encourage data interoperability, which gets us back to the semantic web, RDF, and the idea that, like, (laughs) instead of having one centralized database owned by a very large organization, you would have, you would have that. And then you would, you would basically, so, I mean, this is, if you play this out, it's like, oh, well, we could also create our own little Facebook using this technology where just my, just my friends and family are involved and there's no ads and I don't tell anybody a solar panel on every roof and a server in every basement, you know, that's the future. (laughs) And look, I mean, it's funny, right? Cause the web was like, Hey, let's get the data out in the world so everybody could share it. And then centralization shows up and, and like, you know, Tim, Tim Berners-Lee is always going to go back there, which I really respect. Like I'm going to go back and figure out complicated things about data interoperability, ontologies, and making sure that people have secure access to their own data and then can decide who to give it to, which is the opposite of the dynamic of the web today. So, Yeah. And the thing that works out great here is that the NHS is its own centralized source. So if they can figure out a way to make it easy for their patients to access their NHS data and easy for doctors to update NHS data, that's like a big solve there. Where in the U.S., everything is so fragmented. 
you know, you couldn't do something like yeah. that easily. Well, I mean, the, the, you know, if you look at the the big four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consulting firms, what do they do a lot of? It's ETL. It's extract, transform, and load. Like, you, yeah. you know, we have to move everything from this financial system to this one or this medical system, this one. And that's a team of 150. We're just rolling for 18 months. And yeah. 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 There's this thing that I had before called my chart, which actually had this, but right. It wasn't interoperable. You couldn't, you didn't own it yourself. You only owned it through no, their portal. My chart is a product of Epic, which is the giant healthcare management record system, which oh, okay. it drives it. people banana. Like it's, it's really, really popular <laughs> and it's really epic is like the classic they sold it to the hospital systems and now the doctors have to use it and it's like now that doctors don't make money anymore like it used to be you go into doctor and you'd be like oh, i'll be back I'm, I'm leaving for golf and i have five diamond rings and you'd be like cool and now you go to a doctor the only way you can tell a doctor is real anymore i've, I've made this joke before is that they they complain to you about how doctors don't make as much money as they used to like it just feels like <laughs> within 10 minutes of every legitimate doctor conversation i have they'll be like yeah well you know being a doctor isn't what it used to be do you also see a lot of fake doctors have you been have oh any they're they're just like i am so <laughs> excited to give you health care mr ford and then they pull out a saw Right. <laughs> so this, we talked about this with Holly Cummins um, and I was sort of thinking about it. The headline is software developers scramble as Docker puts limits on container use. And that sort of brought me back to what she was saying that like 25% of, you know, the web projects that people spun up in the cloud are just sitting unused, sort of like running in perpetuity. When you see a headline like this, what does it make you think? Is this just a move by Docker to sort of like convert some unpaid users to paid? Or, you know, is this sort of endemic of like people are... It's so easy to containerize and spin things up now. Parties that a lot of it is just going to waste. over. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Also, freemium, it turns out, isn't free for right, everyone. Right. Yeah. It's like free for everyone besides the mm. company. So sometimes it's like, actually, this freemium thing. We well, it's also, it. you know, they, they, they're like, hey, whatever you need to do, we got you. We got your back. And then... It's just this giant trash heap of leftover content. Like it's bad for everybody, right? Because nobody nobody takes care of that free commons. They just dump containers into it. Right. And they nobody takes care of that tier. And and nobody everybody forgets it exists. So the right thing to do for their point of view is like, let's just clean this up. You know, we're yeah. still gonna give people lots of nice stuff. I have to say, like GitHub to me is always the 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 golden example here because somebody was talking about the GitHub API the other day. And there's this project called Gittenberg, which I would advise people to check out. They moved all of the Project Gutenberg e-texts, it's about 50,000, into GitHub as version-controlled e-texts because that's going to be manageable. It's, a, it's an experiment, but it's an interesting one. I was like, what would it take to download 50,000 repos? Turns out it's like a couple lines of code and then you iterate and I, I ran it on a 12-core machine and GitHub was like, go to town, man. They've never complained about their API, API limits in my world ever, right? And I, that's because that's a paid service. I've paid for it for years. And, you know, occasionally I just need to go a little bananas and they're like, yeah, cool. I mean, I'm sure if I did that for like <laughs> nine straight weeks, they'd reach out and be like, hey, you got to right. calm down. Right. Hey, and, and so I feel yeah, like yeah. that having that paid tier and really crafting and building, like a free tier is very important, but having that paid tier is really critical for building. Yeah. And like, I want Docker to have a paid tier. That works for yeah. It also looks like Docker sold their uh, sold off their enterprise business and now has a much smaller team, which is definitely interesting. Um, so that may also account for the amount of support they're able to give their free customers. So I guess you know when you think about freemium, is this even for services like Gmail, which was the first one to come out of the gate and say like, 
there's, you know, you don't have to delete anything. There's no limits. And then eventually some people do hit that limit, you know, and have to start paying my wife and myself included, but has that forced us to change our behavior or just made us like give a tithe every month <laughs> to the big G, you know, like, I'm not sure. I don't know if I clean I think up my it depends on how important it is. Yeah. Like you might re- rethink like how many, like speaking of Docker, like you might rethink this, like your grad project that you put on yeah. Docker and haven't touched in yeah. a while. I mean, like that, that is the thing, right? It's like domain names. How many do you want to own? I, I think paying the tithe to Google to me, Google is a funny one because you can't give Google enough money that they will ever care about you, right? Like it's just, <laughs> it's impossible. Like I pay them what, 25 bucks a year, 50 bucks a year for my email, for my personal email, we give them thousands of dollars as a company. And I, I always just think that it's them doing me a favor. I don't look, you got to keep it tidy. Nobody needs 8 million hard drives sitting in a, and honestly, it's bad for the world. It's bad for all your crappy containers to be sitting there in a data center, burning, you know, taking up hard drive space. It's, it's it's, somehow it hurts (laughs) dolphins. We know it. Somehow it hurts dolphins. And so, you know, shut it down, get your stuff organized. Throw some stuff no away. Go for it. a Marie Kondo in your containers. Does this <laughs> app I built that, you know, ranks Pokemon bring me joy? And if it does, it's it's probably <laughs> worth a dollar yeah. a year. All right. Have you guys ever seen this? The, the, the DAO of programming? Is this new or is this old? This camp popped up. Um, and I wasn't sure if this was something that just circulates every once in a while or if this is actually new. There's a lot of these. There's programming Cohen's. There's the DAO of programming. You know what happened? It's just like in the, in the 80s, the nerds, just, I think they just, it took so long to compile. They were bored and had acid. Yeah, I, there's a lot. There's the, there's the Cohen's from the AI, uh, the MIT AI lab. There's stuff like this. Like this one's a chill one. Some of them say things like manifesto and things like that. This one is just a doubt. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, this one's pretty chill. Yeah. Well, I love it because actually what happens is they age very poorly. So this like, thus spake the master programmer. We don't we, yeah, we don't we don't that? use those words anymore, right? And then it's <laughs> when you have learned to snatch the error code from the trap frame, it will be time for you to leave. And it's like, yeah, okay, none of that is or that's okay. We learned apparently because, <laughs> and it's time for us to leave. We know what an error code is. Have you ever uh, ever run across a trap frame, Sarah? No, I no. What's no a trap idea. frame? This just feels. I'm looking uh, it up. Oh, channel9.msdn.com. That's always a good sign when you're hitting old channel nine with your search. Oh, no, here we go. Trap frame versus task struct on stack. Got the stack mm, overflow. What a question. surprise. Uh, <laughs> the CPU state. It's about context switch while trap frame holds user space state saved in TCB after exception or IRQ have arrived. All right. Those are a lot of, those are a lot of. This is when you had to worry about the hardware when you were like hitting alt tab. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I never, when's the last time you hit channel9.msdn.com? It just brings back thoughts. Not that long ago, actually. You're just not in the Microsoft world as much as I am. I'm not. You are. That is true. I rarely architect successful workloads on Azure. That is not something I do a lot of. Yeah. Wow, boy, they like the word Azure over there at Microsoft, huh? That's like a, that's a good <laughs> word. That's the word of power. It used to be Windows. It's not anymore. I'm hitting channel nine. I gotta be frank. I don't think I've seen the word Windows once. I'm looking. There's like eight million things here. Yeah, Microsoft is cooler than that. Wow, that's amazing. Microsoft's done with Windows. They really are. Like it's just Azure. I mean, I think that's probably true, right? 
that the cloud business is bigger yeah. than the like PC business by a mile. And even like the, you know, the industrial enterprise PC licenses. No, nah, it's future growth, right? Like I'm sure. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I'm sure there's still roughly four, like literally every ant in an anthill is using windows right. 10 on its. Ant no, OS. that's true. That's like how at Amazon, all the revenue comes from selling stuff, but all the profit comes from AWS. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which is nice. I was, I saw a great tweet yesterday from Avi Flambam saying that someone needed to build a operating system as intuitive as OSX or OS X for Windows that is not the Mac framework, which is Mac operating system, which is very Whoa. interesting. I think Linux has tried to do this. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm on Ubuntu 20.04. Yeah, it's still it's there, there's stuff that still needs to get worked out. Boy, is it good overall. It just has little yeah. surprises like if you turn on icons on your desktop. You're gonna regret that. You're gonna gonna you're gonna say to yourself, "Why did I do that?" Because you know, <laughs> you'll be dragging something, and the whole system will freeze. And then you have to go onto your phone in the simulated Unix environment and SSH into your desktop machine to restart the windowing manager. And it's just sort of like, you know, when is this done? Am I gonna literally be like <laughs> 90 years old? Going, hold on a minute. I think the answer is true. I think I think it, I think it's a yes. Like I think Sarah, you're going to be SSHing into your desktop machine when you're like 84 years old. <laughs> yeah, the last time I did that was like a year ago. So you can uh, access your health pod and look up which vitamins you're supposed to take. My health pod. Sarah, I heard that you loved the light show where the drones made beautiful stars in the background. Do you want to know how they did that? Oh my gosh, that was everything. It's everything, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know how they did it, but I want to know who coded it and in yeah. what. Well, okay. Also, I want to know how they did that. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, It'll so be weird if it's my... like bash scripts, right? Like that'll be really confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really confusing. It's PowerShell. It's Intel most of the time. And they have yeah. like uh, this amazing crew that goes out and does this. And it shows off a lot of cool stuff. So Sarah, I, I just want to put this out there. I don't know, you know, like what your budget is like these days, but you can get them to come to you and do a, a 200 drone show for only a hundred thousand bucks, a good option for solid wow. 2d shapes and imagery. So that will get you a boat with one sail. 200 grand will get you 300 drones, a boat with three sails and 500 drones. You'll get high resolution 3d five sail boat. So for your Wait, next birthday understand. party, are they giving me a boat free with the drones? Or They're showing you like, it's an example of like boat. how, how complex of a picture the drones could create. Oh, I thought I was getting a boat. <laughs> I did too. I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. It comes with a boat. <laughs> it's actually a great deal when you get to keep the boat with the drones on it. No, the drones can either do like a small sailboat, what looks like, or like, you know, a big old, that. you know, carrier. But it has a lot of cool LIDAR and like sort of like networked communications between them. So this was always a fun thing. When I was at DJI, we would always play around with this stuff. Um, they only ever did theirs in China because Intel, they were sort of like, they had like cornered their respective markets, but... Yeah, it's definitely a fun space. That's so great. It was so neat. All right, y'all. It's that time of the episode. We're going to shout out a lifeboater, somebody who answered uh, a question with a score of negative three or less and got it all the way up to a score of 20 or more. Today goes to JCL for answering the question, C compiler, CS0121. The call is ambiguous between the following methods or properties. Make sure you don't reference that binary output in your project references. All I right. don't understand anything that's happening, but good job. No, it's happened to him in the past with ReSharper. Well, yeah, I'll put I, it in the show notes and you can learn. 
Well, everybody, thanks for listening. I'm Ben Popper, uh, the Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on Twitter or email us, podcast at Stack Overflow. And I'm Sarah Chips, Director of Community here at Stack Overflow. If you're looking for some holiday gifts this year, check out JewelBots.com. JewelBots! Mm. Yes, check out JewelBots. I'm Paul Ford, friend of Stack Overflow. Check out my company, Postlight. We are not currently a licensed JewelBot reseller, but we're working on it. It's a very exhaustive process. <laughs> and uh, if so you need There's some, a high bar. Yeah, <laughs> check out those JewelBots. Yeah. All right, friends. I will be participating in the Stack Overflow Secret Unicorn, and now... Ah, uh, JewelBots. Yeah!